Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women's Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth-generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation, so sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. everybody and welcome to the Stitch Please podcast. We are the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I am joining you today on recording this episode on June 2nd. The episode will release on June 3rd of 2020. I mentioned that date because time and timing is important. We are in the midst of global uprisings against white supremacist police violence. We are also in smaller uprisings in our own neighborhoods, communities, jobs, schools, affinity groups, that black women are in some ways also in uprising in this because it's just a lot, y'all. It's just a lot. And I could just be 100% honest with you. I do not have the capacity at this point to talk about this in the way that it deserves. And so what I want to do is to point out a few things and to direct you to what's going to be happening next. But I am overwhelmed and exhausted, and I have been that way for quite some time. Um, of course, to quote Fannie Lou Hamer, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I just, I, I do have to say that I woke up this morning, I went to bed at 6 a, 6.30 a.m., woke up three minutes after my class that I'm teaching is supposed to start, got down there at 1.05 in record time, and have been going, like, pretty much all day ever since, running on very empty tanks. And so, but as I start this episode for today, and the episode is going to be about um, thinking or shopping outside the fabric store, about a variety of resources that you can use and pull from beyond going to a big box fabric store to get materials, it just felt like I had to say to the black women sewists out there who are learning new and unfortunate things about the white friends and white companies in their lives, I just have to tell you that I see you, I love you, I am you. I have absolutely been there. I definitely know the feelings of betrayal, the feelings of surprise, the feelings of knowing someone for so many years and then realizing that that same person could not care less if your own child if your own children got killed in the street they wouldn't think about it one way or another that they do not that they're afraid to say that black lives matter they refuse to say it um, and so this is the basic minimal um, for me, I would think. And so one of the reasons that I started Black Women's Stitch was because I refused to sew with anyone who could not say that Black Lives Matter. Period. That was one of the absolute baseline motivations that I did not ever want to feel that I had to trade my full humanity or my ability to, to just be my whole full self in exchange for doing something that I loved. And so we will be back 
um, in a week or so uh, to talk about this in more detail. Um, we've got, I've got, a, I've got an amazingly brilliant beautiful crew at Black Women's Stitch, and we're going to come and do a special episode talking about this, holding this space, showing what community looks like in the coming week. But for now, I wanted to direct people to just a couple of things. Um, if you want to learn more about where I'm at in terms of my perspective, if you want to hear from me, um, I have an IGTV video that I recorded on May 30th. And that is about a protest action that I attended on Saturday, May 30th. And um, when we got back from the protest, I um, sat down and did like a 23-minute debrief kind of discussion on Instagram Live, and I ended up saving that. So if you want to learn more about my perspective on that and to hear um, what I hear about what I think is currently happening, I just urge you to check that out on my IGTV. I also have an episode that I recorded earlier on this year, and it's called Stitching Truth to Power, Quilting and White Fragility. And this is about a controversy with a quilt block involving the National Quilt Museum in Paducah and the Social Justice Sewing Academy out of California. And I talk about, you know, about that controversy and what it reveals about the quilting community. And so... I just want—and and also one last thing is that I will be um, talking about this on Thursday doing my regular Instagram Live. I do an Instagram Live on Thursdays at 3 p.m., and my plan is to be there like always um, and to um, hold space to have this conversation and to um, acknowledge and affirm black women in, this, in a time such as this. I created Black Women's Stitch— as a way of building something that I needed, and it turned out that other people needed it too. And I'm really happy to be here to center black women, girls, and femmes in sewing, to say, sis, I see you, I hear you, and you do not have to walk through this alone. For today's episode, we are thinking outside the fabric store. I was thinking like thinking outside the box, and by that I meant thinking outside the big box store, because how do we—it's interesting to think about all the other places that we might source materials and things for our sewing. And so um, because I like to make lists, I have a long list of different places where you can buy things that are relevant and useful and sustaining for your sewing. And— that includes a place you probably never, ever thought of about getting fabric. So I'm happy to share that with you. So um, the, the I have actually a list of seven places, and I put them in alphabetical order um, about where we can find materials to sew um, or to support our sewing. And so the first half of the episode, we're going to talk about art supplies, automotive, camping, and grocery stores. 
these four places where you can go and get things that are going to be related to your sewing. Yes, I did say the grocery store. And then we'll take a quick break and I will announce the winners of the Yes, You Can Make a Bra contest. We've got four sponsors, um, designs by Tosh, Bra Builders, Emerald Aaron, Sews, and Stitch Love Studios. And we have four winners who I hope are listening to this episode so that when your name is called, you can contact me, send me a direct message, and I will connect you with the prize and with ways to get it. If you don't hear this message and you don't, you have until Friday to contact me and then I'll go to the next set of winners. But I'm hoping that folks whose name I'm about to call after the break will be listening to the episode. So let's also oh, that after the break, as I said, that's when we get into the hardware store, the medical supply store, and the seventh thing is thrift stores. And I could talk a tiny bit about variety stores, but I feel like if I started talking to you all about what you could sew with at the Dollar Tree, that's a whole different episode. It's true. Like you think about, well, no, I'm not going to start at the end, but there's a lot of places that you can go to source materials beyond a big box fabric store. So to jump right in, the art supply store. Now I'm going to refrain from mentioning brand names or the names of particular shops because I don't work for any of them. So I don't know why I need to be pumping up what their businesses are, but I just, I just wanted to let you know that if you have a hardware store, if you have an art supply store, um, I can, I will probably mention a few names, but I just want to be careful about that. So um, the first start, the first thing I would think about is if you have an art supply store, if you have a favorite art supply store, and I don't mean an art supply store like arts and crafts that is together, though I guess that would also be fine if that was all you had, but I mean like art supply stores where people who are um, trained in uh, fine arts and in uh, crafts and paintings and sculpture, where they go to get their stuff from. That was that's that's those are the kind of stores I'm talking about. We used to have one um, right here in Charlottesville, and I really liked it. And I just said, I don't you shouldn't you shouldn't think about it as an arts and crafts store. But this was a little tiny store, y'all, and it was it was an art store upstairs. And then downstairs, it had scrapbook paper. It had an Ellison machine, if you remember what those are. And because for me, it had cake decorating supplies. And maybe you didn't know, but I am also a cake decorator. I used to decorate cakes. Um, I, I do it a lot less now, but when the kids were little, I, I did I did roll fondant. I did the Wilton course. I made my own um fondant from scratch because pre-made fondant was disgusting. I made it from scratch using like boiled marshmallows. Um, and so anyway, they had a whole section on cake decorating there. But here, if you have an art supply store near you and you might already have your favorite or one nearby, here's a couple of things that you can get from an art supply store that can help support your sewing. One thing is the Sorol paper. I know I've mentioned Sorol before. Um, again, no affiliation, but I might throw in some links um, if to my Amazon um, site of, of some of these supplies because the Sorol paper is really good. It's that double-sided wax-free paper. They sell it in the art supply store in sheets as well as in rolls. You can also get really good measuring tools, really good measuring tools like T-squares, which are useful, curved rulers, French curves. We know French curves are good for um, 
doing hip curves for blending between sizes of pattern. They also have gridded rulers, and gridded rulers are also really good because I can tell you that was pretty much close to today years old before someone told me that, actually I believe it was two folks from Black Women's Stitch um, who were saying that one of the reasons that it's good to measure your body in quarters, and they had said this to me more times than one, but I can be a little slow. And they said, you measure your body in quarters because the pattern pieces that you buy are in quarters. And I was like, I have been cutting garments on the fold for, you know, for more than 20 something years, right, to cut a bodice out, not realizing that what I was looking at was one fourth measurement of my whole, of my body, like mind blown, you know, but yes. And so the gridded rulers become really useful for measuring the pattern pieces and then measuring those comparisons to the measurements you make on your body, as well as the curved ruler is really good. I have some curved rulers, but I want to get another one that's really long. I believe um, you want a curved ruler. It's mine is blue. It has numbers on it. it it's really good for bra making um, to measure like your underbust and the um, and your um, bust cup depth, those kind of things. But if you have a longer one, they're very good for measuring and tracing a good crotch line for a pair of pants. And so just to kind of keep that in mind, that these are some of the things that you can get at an art supply store, as well as some good paper, paper for tracing. Um, they have paper that feels like pattern paper. There's a lot of things you can find if you're just wandering around. If you're adventurous and you want to do some um, fabric decorating or fabric dyeing. Um, they have, of course, they have the dyes and the resists and the things that you need to do that. And they also, um, based on closer to my skill level, have really good fabric markers because I am not about to pretend that I have skills enough to dye a fabric in a way that it's going to come out consistently every time. And usually when, I, when I've been dyeing fabric, it's because I get fabric that have white people on it and I want to make them brown. And so then I use a Sharpie and have terrible results and then I'm extra sad. And so they sell fabric. Um, they sell fabric markers that will help you diversify some of your fabrics if you want to. Um, let's see. So the next thing I have is the automotive store. Now, this is something that is very unusual, that there are things in the auto. I guess it's because, you know, when I was a kid, I used to get dragged around to what felt like a, you know, 5011 stores with my mother. And I always had to find something fun to do because or something to what we what she would say occupy yourself because if we were misbehaved in a store there were there were several layers of consequence right we could occupy ourselves by just you know, wandering through the store, the three of us, me and my two sisters, together, because, you know, we're not going to just be running around. Um, or we could sit and be quiet. Boring. Or we could not sit and be quiet, act up, and then get in, for, get in some serious trouble when we got home. So it's the idea of, like, of looking at every store and finding something that I want to do um, while she does what she wants to do or what she needs to do uh, is, has, has, is really one of the big motivators for me, trying to, like, everywhere I go, I want to figure out what can I do to occupy myself in this place that is now boring? Um, which is really funny because I took her to the fabric store like two years ago, and she was really ready to go the whole time, and she was complaining. And I was like, it's your turn. Now you have to sit there. Because um, <laughs> I drove. 
Um, but the automotive store has one thing in particular. There's other things, of course, like um, I know some folks have been really liking the blue, the what do you call them, the blue shop towels, using those for making masks, using those as filters for masks. So those have been really popular. But the main thing that I love from the automotive store, in addition to certain like small wrenches and small tools, is this one thing. And I wish that I had <laughs> done the research to find out what exactly it's called. But I'm going to describe it as a retractable magnet. And this and it's and it's it's the purpose of it is it's telescopic and they might even call it a telescopic retractable magnet. Again, if I have time, I can um you know, look it up and put uh, a link to it in the show notes. But one of the things I really like about this is that it's a it's a it's a tool that mechanics use when they're repairing a car engine and they might drop a screw or a tool or something down into the base of the engine they're working on or, or maybe it like falls out onto the floor or something. Um, but you can they can extend this telescopic magnet and I'm holding it in my hand right now trying to keep it away from my computer um, but you can hold it in one hand it telescopes to 25 inches and it it can hold up to four pounds and the reason this is so good is that it's good if you drop a pin on the floor that's the only reason it's a it's so it's a one use implement but if you drop a pin on the floor and you are sitting down, because it extends more than two feet, that's how that's how far it measures. It allows you to pick up this pin from the floor or a wonder clip. It works with wonder clips too. Um, it allows you to pick that up without leaning over and risk falling, or to leave it on the ground and step on it. Um, both of which I have done. I have both leaned over to pick up a pin and either narrowly fallen or fallen, or I have stepped on it and found it that way. But the automotive store has the retractive, the retracting or retractable telescoping um, magnet. And I know a bunch of sewing stores like have a tool that's like a little wand, but it's so small and it doesn't retract very far that you end up leaning out and, you know, I don't know. I just find that this, this one from the automotive store is just so much better. So let's talk about the camping store. Now, I've been to a camping store like one time and only for this reason. Because I have a confession to make, I am not about the outdoors. I know that we are in a season where we are, many people are sick of being inside. I am not one of those people. I'm not a big fan of nature. Um, my sister really enjoys this kind of thing, and she wants us to, like, rent a van, an RV and go cross-country, and we could stay in it. And I was like, no, no, and more no, because I like being inside. However, there are things at the camping store that are really cute and very fun tools to use. The two things that I'm interested in are the organizational tools. And one of the one thing that I really want to get that I'm very interested in is a special type of toolbox. Now, I, I, can, I can talk about the toolbox when I get to the hardware section, but the, the camping section, the camping store has a tackle box, which, which people use for fishing. Now, I feel, like I'm explaining, I feel like I'm explaining this, and everybody in the world knows what a tackle box is, and the idea of me explaining what a tackle box is to somebody is pretty hilarious considering I don't like the outdoors and I find fishing really boring. But the tackle box, one of the reasons that I want to get one is I like how it's a multi-level organizational system with trays for different things. 
And when you open it up, like one tray lifts up and like pushes back. And so one of the reasons that I want a tackle box actually is because I want to use it to organize my bra making supplies. One of the things that I really like about my own sewing is to organize my tools in such a way that I can see everything at once, but not have it be spread all over the place. And so to have a tackle box, I thought I could have a box and I could open it up and I can look into it and say, okay, well, I've got these rings, I've got these sliders, I've got this much strap, I've got this much of the um, two hook for the back and this much for the three hook in the back. And, oh, you know, I don't think, I guess I could put the underwires like in the bottom part of the box. I don't know. I don't have a toolbox yet. I mean, a tackle box yet. But I thought it was really a pretty clever idea. People also use it to organize beads and things like that. So, or you can even organize your snaps. But having some kind of cool organizational box that has everything you need in one place um, is something I'm really looking forward to when I get a chance to go to the camping store and get a, tack a tackle box. Oh, another thing people use sometimes, and I've never done this, but um, they use fishing wire or fishing line to do hems because it's a special type of hem that you can do with, the, um, with fishing line, and you can get that at a camping store too. So that's the camping store. Um, the next place is a place that most of us visit pretty regularly, and that's the grocery store. The grocery store, believe it or not, has a couple of things that are useful for your sewing. Um, the first thing is, um, just in alphabetical order, is freezer paper. Freezer paper is a product that feels like paper on one side and is shiny on the other side. It comes, at least the stuff I have, comes in a blue box, maybe made by Reynolds, I think. I'm not sure. But freezer paper is designed to wrap meat in so that you can put it in the freezer and it doesn't get frostbite. Because one side is shiny, it's not going to stick to the food, but it's close enough to it that there's no separation between the paper and the than in the cold. So when you open it up, it doesn't peel apart. We did this, um, me and my son have been making, ice, uh, making homemade ice cream sandwiches. So I made cookies and then we took the ice cream and put it in there and then we wrapped up the sandwich in freezer paper. And so oh, those sandwiches are really good. Now I'm actually hungry. But you can use, the reason that I like freezer paper is that it's excellent for making reusable patterns because you can iron, you can iron your freezer paper to your fabric and use it to cut and use it as a and use it as a reusable template. So when I make bras, for example, I use freeze. I actually bought some freezer paper sheets, and I can put the link to this in the show notes. The freezer paper sheets that can run through your printer. So you put the the, the sheet of paper in the printer. You print it off your inkjet. I would not inkjet printer. I would not use a laser because a laser printer gets really hot. But on your inkjet printer, you put the freezer paper in. It prints on the paper side. You cut out the pattern. You iron that pattern piece to your fabric. And I've done this with cotton fabric. I've done it with duoplex. I've done it with um, sheer mesh. I've done it with a variety of fabrics. You iron it. Use your rotary cutter or scissors. The rotary cutter is really great for bra making, especially a little one. Um, and it does a really great job. And that way you can avoid pinning. It allows you to sew, it allows you to cut out a pattern without having to use pins or pattern weights. 
all of it, it'll stick there. And then when you peel it off, it comes away with no residue and it is reusable until the sticky stuff stops sticking. So if you make like a little bag um, or a little pouch or a little purse um, and you say, you know, sometimes you have a pattern and it asks you to print it out over like four or five pages because of all the different components, you can print that on freezer paper and it will be a really cool reusable pattern that you could have for quite a while. And you can make several projects with it without it, um, without it losing its stick. Another cool thing you can get at the grocery store in the same section as the freezer paper is parchment paper. Parchment paper is a is a almost translucent, quarter, quarter, sort of transparent. No, no, it's translucent. You can't really see through it, but it is almost like it feels very Teflon-y. It, it's nonstick. It's a nonstick paper. And you use parchment paper for baking, especially for baking cookies. I like it for cookies because it makes the cleanup really easy. Um, I used to also put it in the bottom of my cake pans because I could pop the cake out of the pan and just peel the, um, and peel the freeze, the, the parchment paper off. It's very good for things that are, um, like cheesy or messy and, um, it'll, the, you know, the, 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 parchment paper keeps it from being sticky and messy. And so like if you're like when I would do um, dip caramel apples, for example, you can dip the caramel apple or the hard candy, red candy apple on the parchment paper, let it dry, and then it'll peel right off. This is really good for as a pressing cloth. Like if you are working with um, Wonder Under, for example, or Steam Seam or Heat and Bond, if you've ever worked with any of those fabrics, I mean, any of those um, adhesive mediums, especially Wonder Under, the other half of Wonder Under is essentially parchment paper. And you could always save the parchment paper. I had a friend that used to reuse the parchment paper. She used the ones that she got from, she'd do a, bl a bunch of applique um, using um, the Wonder Under, and then she would save the release paper. But you could also buy it. I buy it in bulk from, um, from the big warehouse stores. I use it also for my sublimation printing because it helps to... Um, keep the ink from blowing back and blowing all around. They call it, they call that blowback when you're doing sublimation print, print, printing and your ink, because the sublimation ink is a gas and it go, it doesn't just stay directly where you want to put it. It can kind of seep out. And so it's a really good protective cover. And so if you've, if you ever work with like sticky um, mediums, like the Wonder Under or the Steam Seam or the Heat and Bond, and you put that on your ironing board, it will save you from a headache if you get a whole bunch of fusibles stuck to your ironing board or a whole bunch of it stuck to your iron. The last couple of things from the grocery store that I think are um, that, that people might not think about so much, though I think they actually do. I think a lot of sewists, we tend to be a bit maybe frugal or creative thinkers, but I save my, I get my prescriptions from the grocery store and I reuse or save my prescription bottles, you know, after I peel the label off so I can put bent sharps, sharps like broken needles, old needles, used needles, um, I'm looking at, I have a whole little stack of them right now. I'm trying to think about what other, basically sharp things. I've also taken to putting things like, you know, loose staples and those kind of things in them. But that's a good way to store things. And the one last thing I would say about the grocery store is you can reuse, oh, and one quick thing about the prescription bottles. I remember once calling a pharmacist or a pharmacy and asking them for like, 
20, if I, to see if I could buy 20 blank pill bottles. And they were like, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I can see why this might be a complicated question, considering you don't know what I'm using these for. Um, and yeah, but I thought that was really funny. I was like, I did, I did, it, it didn't occur to me that they wouldn't give it to me um, or let me buy it. But they, I'm pretty sure they were like, look, you're not going to have us losing our license giving you blank <laughs> some prescription bottles. Um, and I recently actually bought some, I bought some used, uh, someone else had been saving prescription bottles and I bought them from her um, just so I could save my old needles in. I always say I'm going to take them to the doctor on my next doctor visits because they dispose of sharps, but I've yet to do this. And I have like, I don't know, 10 years of sharp broken needles in like a thousand um, prescription bottles, but no judgment zone. Uh, the last thing I would say um, from the grocery store um, is to look at or look for jar, interesting jars and bottles, like, like spaghetti sauce jars, um, jelly jars. And I feel like there's no need to really explain this because I, I think a lot of us who sew, at least if you've had people in your family that also sew, have a jar, a mayonnaise jar, an old salsa jar, or something full of buttons. I don't know where the buttons come from, but they always end up in the jar. So we that's another way to store things. And now, of course, because we're all fancy, um, they sell jars, um, mason jars and things like that, that you could also use for the same purpose, but you could also reuse jars like that from the grocery store. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to announce the winners of our contest. Um, so please stay tuned. And then we'll get into um, the last few things about um, sewing beyond or sourcing sewing materials beyond the big box fabric store. Stay tuned. Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, we talk a lot about sewing. But if you want to see and not just hear about some of the things we've been discussing, feel free to join us on the socials. You can find us at Stitch Please on Facebook, and you can also find us on Instagram at Black Women Stitch. You can find photos of projects that we've been working on, really interesting social commentary, and on Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can join Black Women Stitch for a live Instagram chat. Again, that's every Thursday at 3 p.m. So find us on the socials, follow up with us. We are happy to hear your direct messages. You can reach out to us at the Black Women Stitch page on Instagram, and we'll help you get your stitch together. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Stitch Please podcast. You're listening to an episode called Thinking Outside, Thinking Outside the Fabric Store, or maybe it's called Sourcing Sewing Materials Beyond the Usual Suspects, or I'm not sure what exactly I'm going to call this episode, but the topic is how do we find things for our sewing in places that are not 
about sewing. And I think I just wanted to have people to expand their vision of where you can get the things you need in order to sustain your sewing. And that's why I wanted to show that there's so many different places that you can go and look. And there's so many unexpected and fun treasures that you can find in different places. So, but before we get it, get back into that, and I'm going to end this, this, so the second and final half of our episode, we'll talk about what you can find at the hardware store store, at the medical supply store, and at the thrift store, as well as a little tiny bit about variety stores. Before we get into that, we're going to announce the winners of our Yes, You Can Sew a Bra contest. These are the names of the people who have won a prize from either of, of from, they have won a prize from one of our four sponsors. So, so for the, the supporters of this episode, the supporter of this, not this episode, but the supporters of this contest and this giveaway have given really cool prizes. Emerald Aaron has given um, a pattern and a bra kit. Um, bra Builders has donated a pattern and a bra kit. Bra, um, bra, that's what I said, I said Emerald Aaron Bra Builders. Um, Designs by Tosh has d- donated a swatch kit and a half yard of power mesh in your skin color. And um, Stitch Love Studios has donated a bra kit and a, um, a bra kit and a bra pattern. So those are four prizes that we have, and we have four winners. If you are one of these people, or if you know one of these people, get them to DM me as soon as possible so I can set them up with their prize. And if I don't hear from them, then I'll go on to the next set of people. But here we go. Um, Shamika West, Miss Twisted and Turned, C sews, which I have as C E E S E W S, and so natural Dane. These are the four winners of our contest. That's at Shamika West, at Miss Twist and Turned, at C sews, C E E S E W S, and at so natural Dane. Um, y'all contact me, send me a DM, hit me up, and I will get you in. I will get you in touch with the um, with the prize that you have won. But congratulations and thanks and shout out to the folks for donating and supporting. Um, you can also look to Emerald Aaron and Stitch Love Studios, who, if you didn't win and your name was not called, there are still discount codes available. Um, and Emerald Aaron's discount code is good for pretty much the rest of June. But I believe it might be June 20th, so you might want to check. I have that in the previous note in the previous show notes for the bra episodes and um, the Stitch Love Studios has a discount go a, dis- a discount code that extends all the way through the end of the year. So if you didn't win and your name wasn't called, you can still get a discount on your purchases from those shops. So do check them out and please prize winners hit me up. So I'm going to transition to the hardware store. The hardware store is a place to buy sewing things. This seems like probably the last thing, the last place you would imagine that you could get stuff from. But actually, actually, I could probably do a whole episode just on stuff you can get from the hardware store. I really like hardware stores. They make me feel way more crafty and handy than I am. Um, And so I wanted to share with you some of the things that I've gotten from the hardware store that would be useful, I believe, for um, that 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 have been useful for my own sewing. One of the things that I, if you think about some of the, the way of repurposing some of the materials that you can find at a hardware store, you can get 
for example, PVC pipes, and you can ask the, the, the store to cut the PVC pipes to a certain height evenly for four, the number four, F-O-U-R, PVC pipes, to go on the legs of a folding table, and it will elevate that folding table from a height that's really low or good for sitting into one that's good for standing. So essentially, you can turn a folding table into like a standing desk by getting four PVC pipes in the proper diameter to slide over the legs of each table. Um, I've done that with great success. And so it's nice because it brings the, the folding table able to a good cutting height. I've also gotten like one by twos, which are these kind of long, narrow boards, and use them to build a quilting frame um, so that I don't quilt by hand, but I would do a, I would do a lot of pinning by hand. And so I would use the the uh, the one by two boards. I padded them, I wrapped them in fabric, and then I would clamp them, which you get clamps from the hardware store, and that would be a frame, like a almost like a picture frame, and I would wrap my the base of the the quilt, the, the quilt backing, and then put the batting on, and then put my quilt top on, and I could do my basting. I, I prefer to base with um with um safety pins, and it was just easier to get on all four sides. Now because our house was small, I would like I would do it outside, but um it's, so it's a bit of a cumbersome process. Process, but I was able to get a lot of great basting done with those set of tools that I got from the hardware store. So for that quilting frame. Another thing that you can use is you can find rotary cutting blades at the hardware store. They usually had those, I guess, in the carpet section um, because carpet cutting blades and rotary blades are very similar and can, and it, I think depending on the blades you get, you can interchange them with the, um, the rotary cutter you already have. Other things that are useful is cording. They sell cording at the hardware store. Um, using washers, again, I think this is also from the plumbing department, but washers, heavy washers, um, are, they make good pattern weights. I know people use those. And sometimes you can, like, you can, I know folks who have wrapped their washers in grow grain ribbon and use that as a pattern weight, or people who've just used them plain without the wrapping or decorating. There's also this uh, another thing that you can find at the hardware store, and this is like a metal. I don't know what it's. I don't know how to describe it other than saying it's a metal dish for screws. Um, I went to a hardware store um, in it's a it's a pretty popular chain, and they have um, low cost discount um, materials. And they had part of their flyer was. When you checked out, you could get a free, one of these free metal dishes. And I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. So basically, it's a nice thing to kind of throw your pins in. They, I think people usually use it for screws in the hardware context. Also, don't forget that at the hardware store, they have grommets grommet setters and eyelets and these are really good things to get for like making um, like an anchor rack jacket um, I've used grommets for different um, other craft projects like if I'm making a certain bag or if I want to use a toggle instead of a regular closure if I want to use you put in two eyelets and grommets and just tie it with a bow so though and I also really much prefer those grommets and the grommet setter to the thing that I have found in the fabric store because it's just stronger and it's more durable. And so that's that's something as well to think about, grommet setters and eyelets. And finally, um, oh, yes, yeah, screen mesh. You can buy screen mesh 
um, at the at the hardware store, and that can be really good for. I made. Um, I know that there's a pattern for making a making a a, an, a desk organizer. I believe it was a free pattern. I think that the Baby Lock website had it a long time ago, but I still I made one and I have it on my desk still. And it's a um, it's a bucket that has all of these different pockets on the inside and the outside, and the outside pockets are um, screen mesh that are covered in bias tape made with fabric. And it's really pretty. It's a pretty cute thing. Um, and it has a little handle that's covered in um, that's, that's covered in fabric. So it's a really fun thing. And it's just a paint, it's a paint bucket, a small paint bucket that we got from the hardware store. And let me tell you just one last treat. And this was the thing about the fabric. And this is, I think this is the cover. I know this is, this is the cover art for today's episode. I got some fabric from the hardware store. And not only did I get the fabric from the hardware store, it was fabric that I really wanted um, from Marimekka, which is a designer um, in Finland, I believe. And they have fabric that they sell directly. They have fabric that they make their products out of, and they have retail stores in certain places in the U.S. And the the Marimekka fabric that I was able to get, I got from, I guess I could just say it, I got it from Home Depot. How did I get Marimekko fabric from Home Depot, you ask? Marimekko makes sheets. And I ordered a set of full sheets, and now I have all of this great Marimekko um, small size of their kind of traditional pattern, and I am really looking forward to using it. I've already washed it. I've unpicked the um, the seams from the pillowcases. I need to remove the elastic from the fitted sheet, but that's a lot of fabric for a reasonable price, and and that's going to help me in, in the end when I talk a bit about thrift stores. That's another place you can get some really great fabrics from um, is by looking at sheets, and because a lot of hardware stores, especially the, the bigger ones, are starting to sell more lifestyle products or life products or home products, you can get fabric in unexpected places if you call it sheets instead of calling it yardage. And so, yeah, I'm really excited about my Marimekko sheets. I think I've talked my, I talk, I think I've talked my friend's ears off completely about the doggone Marimekko fabric, but I'm really excited. It's going to be cute. Um, so I'm going to switch from the hardware store to talk about the medical supply store. And here's a few things you can get from the medical supply store. You can get IV poles, which you really only need if you have a gravity feed iron. And I recommend gravity feed irons big time. They are heavy. They will save you, um, they will save you the trouble of having to refill the tank of your iron because I think... I'm looking at mine now. I think maybe it's at least it's a it, it's a minimum half a gallon. It might be an actual gallon of water that feeds um, into the the channel um, or the piping of the iron into your actual iron itself. And the reason you need to have an IV pole is that the the water reservoir has to be elevated higher than the iron in order for it to flow through. Now, I'm in an open ceiling studio um, in the basement of my house, and so I can hook up the, um, the, the water tank to that. But if you don't have that or if you don't want to put holes in your ceiling or whatever, you can use an IV pole. Another thing that's great is exam paper. They like when you go to the doctor's office and they have the paper that they sit on the benches, well, you know, when you sit on the bench to get your exam. They sell those by the roll, and they make really good tracing paper for patterns. 
one last thing that I wanted to share is a hemostat, H-E-M-O-S-T-A-T. And this is like, it looks like scissors, but it's really a clamp. And when I first, when someone first told me about hemostats and I was like, I do not know why I would ever need such a thing. I'm not doing surgery for goodness sake, but it's really helpful for like pulling elastic through things. It's helpful. Like if you're, um, if you have a, if you're trying to like pull, um, a stubborn, a, a stubborn, like hand stitched pin or curved, um, I'm sorry, a hand stitched needle through something I have right now about maybe seven. Oh, let me see one. I had to move the sewing. Did I tell y'all I had to move the podcast studio down to the basement, to the sewing room, because my podcast was being recorded in my son's room when he was at college. And then when college closed, he came home and was like a, a very strict executive producer who was like, Mom, record your podcast because I want to go back to playing my games. Um, but until now, basically, the upshots, I'm in the sewing room and I'm looking at my collection of hemostats. And I think I do have about one, two. I have four on the wall and two that I keep right next to the machine because it's just it's just a good handy thing to have. Um, so and that brings us to number seven thrift stores. Thrift stores are really great places to find like treasures and um some of the things that you might want to think about are um, sometimes folks just donate um, sewing stuff so you can find sewing patterns, sewing notions, like they'll have um, sewing machines. You can also look at um, Goodwill.com or Shop Goodwill. I don't have the exact link, but if you don't want to go in-store, you can shop online. But they have all types of stuff. I found some really great vintage notions in addition to um, great things like sheets and vintage luggage, like I've gotten some really cute, like little lunch boxes that are good for storing things, hat boxes I've got from the thrift store, um, all of these different ways that you can find or repurpose materials to, um, to build your sewing. Um, and also sheets, old sheets, single sheets, um, old curtains, um, all of these are, and they're usually sold for very, very little. And so you can make something with it and if it doesn't work out, then basically you're using the, um, the fabric as a muslin that's going to let you practice um, your pattern before you actually, actually sew it. And so the thrift store is a really great place for that. Between vintage notions, vintage sewing patterns, vintage sewing machines, you can also find vintage luggage, sheets, and other fun things for storage. Sometimes I also like to get like a really pretty like bowl or fish bowl for some time. I think I might've gotten rid of this, but I had like, I was collecting vintage wooden thread spools. I think I am actually still collecting vintage wooden thread spools. I put them somewhere when I was cleaning up and now they are safe for me because I don't know where they are, but that's something else you can get. Like, you know, just like, just things you don't expect. And so you never will know what you're going to find. So I'm going to close this episode with just talking about some other stores that you might not think of for sewing things, even though I hear that that's changing. 
One of the favorite stores, my sister-in-law told me about this store. She introduced this to me years ago and because she was getting stuff for her son's birthday party. And they live in Manhattan. And she was like, Lisa, there's a store here that has all kind of stuff and you would love it. She doesn't like stuff like that, like little tchotchkes, little, you know, little futzy things like this or little cutesy things like that. But she went, of course, to get art supplies for um, her son's birthday. And they have these low-cost things. And it's called Flying Tiger. And it's from Copenhagen. In, but they have two stores in Man- they have two stores in New York, one in Manhattan and one in Brooklyn. And the one in Manhattan is pretty much walking distance from her house. And I went over there, y'all, and I fell in love. Oh my goodness. They have all types of all types of stuff. I bought little tiny sewing kits within little tiny metal boxes. I brought I bought um almost like a traveler's notebook style organizer. It was like $5. Um, They have pens, pencils. They have um, little tiny, like I said, sewing kits. They have notebooks. They have all types of things. And I use that for sewing because I like to have like to kind of keep notes or if I'm at a conference. I love notebooks and stationery. I am such a nerd. I love pens, uh, pens, pencils, gel pens, Um, notebooks, organizers, all of those types of things. And they have those kind of things at Flying Tiger. Similarly, this is a store I've heard a lot about but have never seen one yet, and that's Daiso, D-A-I-S-O, which I believe is Japanese. Um, But I have a friend who's in Texas, and they have one there, and they have a whole, like, sewing or craft department with cute things in it. So that's another place to look. And then dollar stores. Um, Dollar Tree, I know, for example, has started to sell more craft and actual sewing things, including, like, fat quarters of fabric, I believe. Um, And so that's just something I've been reading about um, because I haven't really been traveling that much. So I just thought that was just interesting to think about not having to feel like the only if you don't shop at a big box fabric store, you have no way to get the things that you need. That's not true. There's uh, there's lots and lots of independent fabric stores out there, lots of independent pattern makers and pattern designers. And then there's all these other places that we might visit with some frequency and not think about them as sewing related. And I hope that today I've given you some ideas about how you might visit the art supply, automotive, camping store, grocery store, hardware store, medical supply store, thrift stores, and other stores as ways to help you get your stitch together. That you don't just have to rely on the one big box store to get everything that you need. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Stitch Please podcast, the official podcast of Black Women's Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. There are a variety of ways that you can support the program, and you're doing it right now. By listening to the, pro- by listening to the podcast, it does help us grow. Another way to do that is to rate 
the podcast, review it, subscribe to it. All of these things are ways that you can support the podcast without having to spend any money at all. If you would like to spend some money to support us, there are ways to do that as well. You can make direct donations to our Patreon site for monthly contributions, as well as one-time contributions to PayPal, Cash App, or Venmo. And finally, we have another cute, very adorable way for you to support the Black Women's Stitch Project. It's a pin, a P-I-N enamel lapel pin that's very cute. It's about two inches wide and one and a half inch tall, and it's of the Black Women's Stitch logo. And that is $15 with free shipping to the U.S. And so if you drop $15 in the uh, PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App accounts, and then send me your email, no, not email, if you send me your mailing address to my email either at blackwomenstitch at gmail.com or you send me a direct message on the Black Women's Stitch Instagram page we will put the pin in the mail to you um, again free shipping $15 for the pin and all of this goes to support the Black Women's Stitch project thank you again for joining us this week come back next week and we will help you get your stitch together